1: Welcome back, folks, to Bits to Podium. It's time for yet another post-race debrief, this time on for the 2020 Bahrain Grand Prix. As always, my name is Somal Aurora, and I'm joined by Kunal Shah here with me. And just before we begin analyzing what really happened in the race, I think we should take a couple of minutes to speak about the broader implications, the bigger accident that has got everyone talking, to be honest. Everyone was shaken, panicked, scared, all curious about what's going to happen, and... Let's be honest, Kunal, you have to step back in a case like this one and you just have to admire and accept the brilliance of the FIA, the consistent efforts, the the way they persisted on. Lots of people call their safety drive a bit stupid, unnecessary at times, over dramatic. On days like this, it really does pay off, doesn't it? It really does pay off.
0: It does, absolutely. And, you know, uh, Formula One... Uh uh, you know, it's a family sport, and uh, the the least active member of the family for for us has always been my mother. But yesterday's crash literally saw her send me images saying, "Hey, we saw that there was a really bad crash. Is everything okay? How is the driver doing? Do you know the driver? You know, one of those questions that that also come, and uh, I'm just very very pleased uh, with the way the accident uh, unfolded, how the recovery happened. Uh, we know that you know when we. When when the safety of the drivers that, that needs to be mm-hmm. looked into, there is nobody more trustable than the FIA and yeah. various researchers and lots of people starting all the way from, you know, for example, Jackie Stewart's, uh Sid Watkins, Charlie Whitening, Alexander Wirtz. There isn't just one person and thankfully it's not a person or a people dependent uh, you know pursuit of safety it's a more organizational approach and uh, it was it was really heartening to see roman Rochon uh, walk away from that crash literally we we saw live footage being beamed all across the world of course daniel ricardo not the happiest about how mm-hmm. it all went about but uh, I think overall uh, a great uh, headline story for the s- the safety of how uh, the the safety feature of uh, Formula One cars. I would say Samuel.
1: Absolutely, two names that are not often, in fact, barely ever spoken about in the world of Formula One. Dr. Ear Roberts and Dr. and not Dr. Alvaro De the, s- the medical car driver who also was a Formula Three champion back in the day. You've got to commend them. The way the response was lightning quick and. We often wonder do we need so many marshals on the track? Do we need this excessive safety protocols and having fireproof overalls, fireproof underwear as well? Drivers get fined for that too. Do we really need it? The answer yes, because in the world of motorsport, things can just change in the snap of a finger milliseconds. And what was the speed of the impact? 155 miles per hour into a barrier. And then all of a sudden it burst into a ball of fire. It reminded me all of a sudden when I saw the crash of two major accidents, both of which sadly did not end well. Helmut Koenig, Watkins Glen, back in the day, uh, and Piers Courage, Zandvoort, back in the day. Helmut Koenig, sadly the car went through the Armco barrier. It would be too graphic to describe what happened next, but with Piers Courage, the car burned down. He was right in there. A bit of both in this case. The car went through the barrier. The car did get caught up in a ball of fire, but... Romain Grosjean walked away with only a few minor burns. And the thing is, he's going to be back out of hospital hospital I beg your pardon, tomorrow. It just baffles me how safe the sport has become. And even Landon Norris has gone out to say that I feel in safe hands with all the consistent efforts that the FIA has put in and all the people that are working at the circuits being so quick to respond and being so good at their job.
0: It's amazing. Underappreciated, it truly. It, really. it, it, it is. And Samuel, I'm so glad that we don't call it a miracle yes hmm. his so his survival seemed like a miracle when it happened but was it really a miracle that's that's the question that we need to ask ourselves and i don't think it was a miracle i don't think he survived by accident you know for for the lack of use of a better word i would say because uh, there were lots of factors that came into play for roman grosjean walking out To safety right and Mm. starting all the way from why is a medical car at the back of the grid on the opening lap you know we got an answer to that yesterday they attended him at the crash within seconds of you know him crashing literally you know then then of course uh, there were a few aspects that sort of failed in the whole safety procedure one of them being the barrier, it just split open and this the second the car breaking into half, the fuel cell being ruptured. So there were certain elements that will bother the FIA that sort of did not uh, did not fail in the way they should. OK, but when certain elements failed, there were certain elements that, you know, stood up and, and, and saved Roman. Of course, the halo being one of them. Uh, you know the 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 fact that uh, the the fireproof overalls or the, the Nomex uh, quality overalls that, uh, or rather, overalls made from Nomex, yeah. uh, they came into effect. You know, so he was he actually walked out from an inferno uh, with minor uh, burns. His helmet was intact. His visor melted, of course. So it, there wasn't just one thing that led to him walking away in in the way he did. There were multiple factors. Some of them failed. Some of them took a, a major, a major. Uh, you know, uh, they they took the major load of the crash, and eventually we we got to see see him. Uh, you know, uh, walk away in, in in the heroic fashion. You know that that he did. And you know, you mentioned the doctor. You mentioned Alan Van de Merve. You know, they they're all doing this for 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 the safety of of the sport. They're all doing this because they know that you know what they're doing will eventually come come to. Uh, come to help a driver at some point of time. And it helped Roman yesterday, Samuel. And just one, one last thing, you know, uh, something that we also need to all appreciate is the fact that uh, Roman was, uh, you know, in a crash, which was really bad. Uh, he was trapped for, what, 20, 30 seconds in yep. the inferno. But he used all his instinct, survival instinct. He used all his training that he's, uh, you know, he's had over the years To extract himself, you know, the situation would have been different had he been stuck in the car. Okay. But I was seeing uh, replay footages this morning and I I literally have a view of him extracting himself. You know, that would mean removing the the steering wheel, figuring a way to get out of the halo. And then still being aware that here's a barrier I need to cross (laughs) and get myself to safety.
1: It's insane, isn't it? We thought that the halo would really make things worse and for obvious reasons, It does make it slightly harder to get out of the car. But for what it's saved, I think it's it's saved a lot more than the trouble it's caused in this case. And even the seatbelts for the matter. I mean, Formula One drivers, they were initially against seatbelts back in the day. And I remember Volvo recently ran a campaign which showed all media reports, news reports, public opinions about seatbelts being, uh, I think, an infringement of human rights. By trapping the person, and of course, by this stage we all know what how helpful seat belts are. But those single press seat belts that can unhook you also quickly. Everything just coming into play, as you mentioned, Kunal, All the factors going in very correctly. But let's move away from this. It's hard to. It's definitely hard to move away from a crash of this stature, of this size, and this magnitude. But we shall, because there were other things going on in the race. Not much. Let's call it that way. But yes. still, a few things. So. Firstly, uh, uh, let's keep the Grosjean accident aside. And apart from that, Kunal, what would be your pitch-to-podium moment from, I think, Lewis Hamilton's 94th Grand Prix win? (laughs) It amazes Uh, me.
0: I mean, uh, I'll tell you my pitch-to-podium moment. And it's probably an unpopular opinion. But I would Mm -hmm. give it to all the 19 drivers who still decided to sit and race as hard as they always have you know, raced in their lives. I would also give it to the, the, the volunteers, the marshals, the, the, the circuit officials, who literally repaired the barrier within you know, 30, 40 minutes of, of the crash and worked hard to make sure it was, uh, it was uh, enough, safe enough to give us a race you know, in, in the following hour. The FIA, you know, we saw Michael Massey at, at the site. And I know you said, let's move on. But, I, you know, it, it's, it, these were all the heroes who then decided that that's it. There is a worldwide audience. Uh, there are these two guys on pits to podium who are waiting for us to have a race. So we can speak about it. And they, they, worked, they worked extremely efficiently to fix it. So there isn't one particular driver that, you know, that, that would make the pits to podium cut. It's a, it's a whole host of them. and uh, But yeah, I mean, I would still go with Checo Perez, even though he didn't make
1: it. <laughs> oh, yeah, Checo Perez. Uh, it's so disappointing, isn't it, to lose such a good result towards the very end with something that's not even in your control. But we shall come to that later on. Before that, of course, we have to discuss the winner. And Lewis Hamilton has now accounted for, what, 94 Grand Prix victories. Now, when you consider that Formula 1's had just over 1,000, and Hamilton's won so many of them, it really blows your mind. But yet again, another clear one. Verstappen was getting close in certain parts of the race, but Lewis still nerves of steel. He held it on from pole position, and there never quite seemed a moment where he thought that, okay, he's really going to be in big trouble. There was a slight inkling that Max could come close, but never quite a feeling that Lewis was going to bottle it or lose it in any way whatsoever. He's just been in that situation way too often.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's his dominance in 2020 has been uh, so good that now everyone's talking off. Will he reach 13 wins in a, in a... Uh, in a season, uh, which is very possible, yeah. uh, can he also reach a hundred career pole positions? Because you know he scored his ninety eighth career pole uh, in in Bahrain, uh, um, you know with ninety four. I think Lewis ninety eight wins. So yeah, ninety eight was the pole positions, and but ninety ninety four wins. Uh, he is, I think, uh, if he if if he we were to have Lewis Hamilton as a team. He would be the top five most successful teams in Formula One. That's just how much his his numbers mean. But uh, flawless um, execution, flawless drive. You know, for all those wondering that he would have gone crazy, you know, partying and not care about uh, the season anymore, uh, were were happy, happily mistaken. You know, and and uh, w- you know what? What can one say? He he is unmatchable in in every way, and we saw it. You know, one more time in Bahrain.
1: Absolutely. Lewis Hamilton just by far and away the best, but uh, my notifications have been pinging right while we're recording. Now, I said that Roman Grosjean will be out of the hospital tomorrow, but he's not going to be racing because just immediately, while we're recording, can you believe it? The news has just come out that Pietro Fittipaldi will be making his Formula One debut the next weekend in soccer. Uh, talk about timing.
0: I, absolutely, I was thinking it would be Nico Hulkenberg, given how he's been a superstar. But, <laughs> but you know, for some reason, Haas and Hulkenberg have have never found a way to make it work. So, it's going to be a Fittipaldi that we will have amongst our ranks. a return of another great surname uh, in the world of motorsport, and understandably, you know, if if Roman is unable to race, uh, uh, you know, this soon, and it's also just the two races to go for his. Mm. Uh, Formula One career, uh, so to say. So, uh, welcome to Pietro Fittipaldi. But we'll, of course, look forward to that when we Absolutely. record the, 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 the Sakhir Grand Prix preview in, in a few days' time.
1: Yes. So, let's focus on what happened in the race this past Sunday, because that's exactly what we're here to do right here. And the battle for P3 Kunal got very intense at certain points of time. I I couldn't quite watch the race live, but when I heard of it, I was like, wow, this is some kind of a battle that I should have tuned in to watch and watching the highlights everything was just so entertaining it kept you on your nerves <laughs> for a certain point of time but again could have been better in terms of the entertainment spectacle but for, for sure at certain moments of time it did seem like there was a there was an element of unpredictability involved
0: there, there was you know and and uh, like Jolion Palmer said you know it's not always that a two-stopper race uh, ends up giving us entertainment because yes there were lots of overtakes and lots of uh, you know, uh, track uh, positions uh, being exchanged, hmm. but uh, you know the confusing part was you know being on fresh tires, old tires, and and so on. So after a point, it was it was a little too difficult to track what was happening. But you know, some of the drivers really stood out, like uh, Carlos Sainz. You know, he had a, a rear brake failure in qualifying, started fifteenth. He was the only one in the top ten to run a soft tire strategy, and then get into P five. I think he he drove a fairly fairly good race. Yeah. Uh, then uh, Pierre Gasly, you know, he of course uh, ran a one stopper, which is what uh, Lewis was saying that you know we could see you know drivers going all the way from one to maybe even three stops. So he was of course on exactly. on the one stopping end, and uh, that gave him a P six, which was which was good uh, ahead of uh, you know Daniel Ricciardo's uh, Renault. And uh, uh, I think he was also ahead of Valtteri Bottas, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was. And, uh, of course, you know, Gosli benefited from, uh, you know, uh, the late race safety car. Otherwise, I think he would have probably dropped down a couple of positions at that point. So, interesting strategies at play, but uh, not the most um, entertaining race, I, w- I would say, Samuel.
1: But well, it's a really popular result, isn't it? Having Alex Albon on the podium, having Lando in P number four, Heartwarming to say the least, and McLaren have made major ground in this battle. They've got two cars in the top five this time out, and it seems odd to say this in a year like 2020. Of course, whether it be in 2007, 8, or 6, and for that matter, would have been the most normal thing in the world. But nowadays, the battle in the midfield has become so tight that it's rare to see a proper midfield team get two cars in the top five. So, really, has to be a big, big win for McLaren right here. And now, with that, they have overtaken Racing Point. In this case,
0: they they have, and uh, you know it's unfortunate for Racing Point that Lance Stroll was flipped over, and then Checo, yeah. who 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 should have you know scored uh, P three, you know of course had had that uh, engine blow up, and it is so unfortunate because he was joking on the radio with his engineer saying, "Are you awake or are you asleep?" <laughs> and you know it, it's a little unfortunate that his engine decided to just uh, become hyper awake, if I would use that word, but. Uh, you know, I think uh, there is seventeen points that uh, separates, and it's only going to get that much tougher. And, so this takes me back to a couple of hours, you know, a couple of episodes back. Uh, sorry, um, where we've said that McLaren has literally been, uh, you know, a combination of Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz scoring uh, against uh, Checo Perez at Racing Point and uh, Daniel Ricciardo at at yes. Reno, and and. Uh, you know, McLaren clearly are not even the, the fourth or maybe the fifth fastest team on most occasions, okay? And for them to be in P3 is an overachievement uh, this season. So, you know, they, they scored 22 points, which is, uh, which is fantastic. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just excited to see how it all uh, sort of, uh, uh, you know, in the next two races unfolds. Uh, racing Point will be will be de- disappointed because you know now instead of uh, chasing P P3 they might just have to settle for for P4. But uh, if anything, Bahrain just showed how fine the margins are. One DNF here and there, and then suddenly the whole uh, you know uh, championship uh, picture can change completely.
1: Exactly. McLaren are now on P3 with, a, with quite a decent gap to racing point. And this battle for P3 is only going to get better in the last couple of races. Um, I'm sold in. All the teams have got equal amounts of podiums. Two apiece for McLaren, racing point for Renault as well. Ferrari have got three, but mm, let's keep them aside in a couple of <laughs> moments. Uh, but it's interesting. It's very entertaining to see how everything is going out towards the end. And you've got a feel for racing point uh one result was definitely locked in to be very good until Sergio Perez's engine decided to say that's it he eats too much for me i'm gonna say goodbye <laughs> and Lance Stroll got a got a monkey flipped over uh that was a bit of a strange accident wasn't it i i was told that the mood was very somber when Lance Stroll's car was flipped over because of course what happened with Romain Grosjean only a few minutes afterwards we see something like this it must have been a bit terrifying at that stage
0: Yes, it was one of those moments, yeah, it was one of those moments where I remember we were in the broadcast studio and we were like, should this race be happening today? Are these signs (laughs) from life that, okay, guys, calm down, slow down and, you know, so on. But, you know, we definitely dodged a bullet with Roman and then uh, what happened to Lance was just a standard, uh, you know, incident. We saw that happen to Nico Hulkenberg, you know, I think uh, last year. We we've seen that happen to Esteban Gutierrez uh, a couple of seasons ago. Again at Bahrain in in, in itself. So Lance's Lance's crash was a little uh, more scary than it was because it followed Roman's uh, crash. But uh, you know Perez, of course, you know rated this as one of his best races in the career, and he had an MG UK problem. And had uh, the problem not been, he was going to finish ahead of a Red Bull and a Mercedes racing car on Merit mm. sawmill.
1: so exactly,
0: a big disappointment, especially if Checo Perez is going to announce a sabbatical or a retirement yeah. or sorts, because it is rumoured that he's going to be speaking to the media on Monday evening at about 8 o'clock par time.
1: Signs don't seem to be pointing in the right direction, do they?
0: Especially when you hear that, you know, just a couple of hours before we sat to record, Red Bull has said they they are happy to wait till after the season to take a decision on Albon's future.
1: Which means they'll be taking a decision today. Let's <laughs> be honest. That's the Red Bull way. They say something, they do something else. That's just what Red Bull is all about. But uh, speaking of Red Bull, double podium for them. Verstappen in second. Bo, uh, Albon in third. But uh, very quickly, Kunal, before we round off, let's touch up on Valtteri Bottas. We were having big hopes this weekend, weren't we? We were saying that he could be liberated, he could be freed with the championship battle. Everything is poised for bought Bottas to come in and win. And where does he finish? But,
0: yeah, unfortunate, right? Especially when we thought he'd yeah. be the one, uh, he'll be the one pushing all the way through. And uh, I think um, uh, this may be addressed in in the in the Mercedes debrief video. You know, if if it comes up there, but. Mm. Pace uh, is what I've been, uh, you know, accumulating. Uh, Valtry Bottas' setup uh, went a different direction than Lewis's. He, of course, made a claim of this, uh, you know, during qualifying, where he said the difference between Lewis' uh, uh, difference between Lewis and uh, my pace was down to you know different setups. But uh, in the race, of course, he had a, he had two slow punctures, the first yeah. of them coming really early in the race. And that's what compromised his strategy. And then, you know, the typical thing, can Mercedes run through dirty air? Are they able to, uh, you know, are they able to overtake and climb their way through the field? You know, those questions were asked. Yeah. But uh, again, post-race, uh, it was revealed that Valtry was running more wing than the others. And that sort of... Uh, you know, didn't help his cause to climb up the ladder. And, you know, we all saw, was stuck behind Kimi Raikkonen for a large part in the race. So, exactly. again, a, a race to forget uh, for him. And thankfully, the championship is, uh, you know, done and dusted. But, you know, it'll be extremely embarrassing if he ends up losing P2 to Max Verstappen, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the next couple of rounds. Because... That's pretty close a, a, a gap as well, and I can actually read out uh, the points. It's uh, about twelve points that yep. that separates the two of them.
1: Yep, twelve points that separates the two of them, and one win between them. Bottas having two, Verstappen having one.
0: It's, it's not it's, even it, close. It's not close, and it just shows how great Max Verstappen is, you know, having as yep. as a season and. You know, their first podium in Bahrain uh, since it became a night race in 2014. And by the way, Samuel, uh mm-hmm. Red Bull also sealed second in the Constructors' Championship for 2020.
1: That, that, that was bound to happen, wasn't it? We all knew before the start of the year that Red Bull would be second. But it's, it's good to apply the bolts and the nuts on it and completely to nail it down as it should be. But yeah, c- quite a few major implications coming out of this race. As we all know by this point, not the best of shows in the world, but still, it's good to know that motorsport is getting safer. It starts from the very beginning, from the very top in the world of Formula 1, and then it gets channeled down. So it's good to see championships like Formula 2, Formula 3, also have these monocoques, the halo, and essentially just the drivers can go to sleep knowing that they're in safe hands. And that's underappreciated, genuinely. It may sound like a cliche, But when it counts, it really does count. But apart from that, Hamilton yet again winning, Red Bull getting a double podium. The battling for P3 in the championship has become all the more entertaining. It's fun. Uh, Starkey should be a good one.
0: It should. And, you know, uh, one of the other things that the crash did is, you know, it delayed the race by an hour. And that actually helped Carlos Sainz's soft tyres as well as the medium tyres last longer as well. You know, so as the evening... As as we got closer into the night, uh, actually not even the evening, uh, the track temperatures improved. And, you know, all these things will come into play for the Sakir Grand Prix as well. You know, with cooler temperatures, a different layout, a faster layout, a sub-60 second lap time. So the next fortnight is going to be extremely, extremely interesting to look forward to as we bring uh, 2020 to a close Somal.
1: Absolutely, should be very fun. We shall see you folks midweek for the Stalker Grand Prix Review right here on Bits to Podium where we shall discuss more about Pietro Fittipaldi, about what to expect from him, about all the other factors and in fact, a new layout for Bahrain. We're going to the oval layout. So lots of things to discuss. Join us there midweek for our five things to watch out for video. And folks, if you have reached here, it's pretty clear that you love this one. Please feel free to leave a like, to subscribe to Pitch to Podium and to the Inside Line Formula 1 podcast. And also, share this one with all your fellow Formula 1 enthusiasts. Should be fun. Once again, folks, thank you for watching and see you midweek. Thanks, all. Bye-bye. Thanks, Samuel, And see you guys very soon. Bye-bye.